In today's episode, I get to speak to the amazing Lance Growlick. Ah, hopefully I pronounced the name correct. Uh, Lance is an amazing entrepreneur, someone I became familiar with recently. Lance is the founder and the CEO of Iron Franchising, an industry-leading franchise consulting and development group that represents over 500 franchise brands and business opportunities within various categories. And he also helps other uh, entrepreneurs to attain or actually buy into franchise too. So let's find out how Lance got into this and what was his journey and what was his mindset like. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. It's Gul Khan here, your money mindset expert. And today I'm super, super excited about to, oh, well, I'm super, super excited to be speaking to Lance Gralick. Now, someone who is really different from a normal guest, he's actually an expert in franchising, which is something that I've never really thought about. But it's a, it's a, it's a large industry. So let's find out how he got into it and what was his journey. Welcome, Lance. Well, thank you, Gull. I'm happy to be here. We're super excited to have you. It's, uh, you're such a unique individual with such mastery experience. So Lance, tell us your story. How did you get into franchising? Well, uh, at a young age, my father helped me understand that I was probably going to be unemployable based on my attitude. And uh, no, the, the real story starts. Uh, I did have two incredibly entrepreneurial grandfathers. Right. And as you know, there's an old argument in entrepreneurship, uh, nature versus nurture. Yeah. Are, are people like myself born this way or uh, did something trigger, you know, an environmental experience, family experience or otherwise? And I think it's a little bit of both. In my I case, I, I grew up only understanding entrepreneurship because right. none of my relatives really had a boss. Right. Uh, they were the boss. And right. I got to hear at a young age, a lot of interesting stories, but I followed my father to Wall Street while dad worked on Wall Street right. and grandpa, one of my grandpas had uh, a chain of markets, supermarkets. It was incredibly successful. Right. I grew up in New York, New York City. Um, and he had 11 supermarkets that were rather large, very successful. And my father was initially the accountant for the brand. Okay. And, but my dad also kept his day job on Wall Street as a partner in a in a, in a financial services firm on Wall Street. So I thought I was going to follow dad into that business, and I did. Mm. But after I graduated with an economics degree, I realized pretty quickly that I needed to spread my wings. I needed to, you know, create my own path. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really like that predetermined, this is what you're going to do, Lance. You yeah. know, uh, it didn't feel right. I needed to at least explore first and then maybe come back on path if that were possible. So I got involved with another relative that was very successful in the tech business and very, very successful, but he bought a franchise. He bought a TGI Fridays franchise okay. in the late eighties. I'm old right. in case you can't tell uh, by my voice or my looks through anybody watching on YouTube. Bottom line is I, I realized that 
I love the people side of the business. And throughout college, I did work in bars and restaurants and really enjoyed that crazy world. Mm. So I followed Uncle Steven into the TGI Fridays franchise world. And five years later, through mainly, mainly acquisitions, but we did open quite a few restaurants of our own, we're talking the initial acquisition of four restaurants to about 65 restaurants doing about 225 million in, in uh, wow. $225 million. It was a pretty incredible run. And I finally said to Uncle Steven, I'm going to move on. I've learned all I can here. I've achieved a great level of success and I'm going to move on and do my own thing. And many years later, I've owned my own franchises like Wingstop and mm. Krispy Kreme Donuts. Mm. Anybody out there ever had a donut before? from Krispy, uh, Krispy Kreme? Kreme? Yes, we eat. My daughter loves Krispy Kreme. <laughs> she loves Krispy Kreme. So I, I learned that franchising was an amazing way to slide into somebody else's system, right. but be your own boss with someone else's system that is proven in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a great way to make money. So right. that's really when I got my bite of the apple, so to speak, in franchising mm. and said, you know, this is what I'm going to do for my entire life. Right. Now, though, the transition for me really was I did a lot of restaurant consulting as well. And I realized that people needed help on the franchise development side, on the operations side. A lot of people couldn't sell franchises effectively. Um, and look, if you have a good concept, it's easy to sell. Um, you're not really selling. You're just finding appropriate people to essentially buy in, if you will. And, uh, and I was good at that. So I started helping brands uh, over 10 years ago, probably for the first mm-hmm. time. And today I represent more franchise brands than anybody in the U.S. in every category imaginable, not just, not just restaurants. Mm. Wow. So this has been quite an incredible journey. Now, let's break it down a little bit. How did you decide or how did you think, okay, you know, because normally if you're going to follow father's footsteps, what, what made you think that you can branch out? I mean, that's a big step to take at a young age. And I'm assuming you're quite relatively young then. So how did you work on having the idea that one, having the, especially from your background, I mean, in the eighties and now this is probably a bit easier, but that, those times it's a bit difficult to sort of say no to dad or sort of, dis, you know, the disappointment that comes to it. But it second, was. And the second one, how do you decide uh, and have the, the gumption to stick to the decision that I'm going to do this and it's not what my dad did, but this is where I'm pulled towards. How, do you, how did you get your mindset around that? It, it was an incredibly difficult decision for me at the time. Now, mm-hmm. I, I gave the little bit, the little setup in that I, I'm not wired like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, in my career, today where I represent all these franchise brands, I talk to people quite often, obviously, Mm. throughout the day, all day, every day, almost seven days a week. And mindset is the toughest piece for people to really wrap their head around. People are creatures of habit, of course. Yes. We all are. Yes. And everybody likes a nice, big, fat comfort zone. You know, their cushy comfort zone and they don't want to break out of it. For me, because of the entrepreneurship that was around me, my dad had more of a comfort zone than my other relatives. He got comfortable in the corporate world and did, did amazing, but I didn't see myself fitting there. It was boring. It wasn't the stimulus or the, it didn't give me the energy or didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't get excited jumping out of bed in the morning. But when I had a taste of the hospitality business, I really enjoyed the variables. 
I like the challenge. At the end of the day, I'm a great starter. I like the beginning. I like the, the work. Um, as far as maintaining, I don't like that. I don't like status quo. I like doing the stuff that people have a difficult time doing for some reason. Uh, and, and I it's think it's really, it? exactly. I think that's the way I grew up simply. So it was difficult to break away from dad. He was definitely upset. Yeah. You know, he thought I was going to kind of take over his business. Yeah. And, and look, I, I did have some regrets a few years later because when I was looking for partners to raise capital, I realized I could have made a lot of money working for dad. Yeah. And I chose the route that I didn't have the capital. I made yeah. some good money, hmm. but not by the standards of what I would have made working for dad or working Absolutely. with his company. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, so that was difficult. And, uh, you know, look, I've learned to live life with no rear view mirror, hmm. no regrets. You know, you move forward. There's no sense looking behind you. No. You can't change that. And quite honestly, I wouldn't. I really think that everything I've experienced really added to my journey. But yeah. was it easy? No. I made a lot of mistakes with partners and raising capital. And, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people make sort of operational mistakes in the franchise world or the restaurant business. Maybe they pick bad locations or bad managers. Those are the normal mistakes. I don't make the normal mistakes. Of course not. Of course I screw not. up with partners. I screw up. Like I brought in these thieves that were partners, but it was my own doing. Mm. I created this mess. Yeah. And I remember an attorney said to me, well, you're in this mess because you did a really good job building a very good business with a lot of money, a lot of income, and they want a piece of it. Mm. They're not entitled to what they want. And there was arguments and, you know, there was lawsuits. And, yeah. you know, I, I sold businesses prematurely because it was easier to get rid of the headache than try to divide things up equitably. It just, it just wasn't going to work. But I, I made the weird, I made weird mistakes that most people don't make. So that actually is perfect because it leads me to the next question. When you are making these uh, unconventional mistakes, and by the way, everything that resonates with me because I'm, 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 I'm like that, I'm wired like that. Mistakes the most average person would make, I don't. I find them like, that's common sense. So that's easy to do. Why, why would I make a mistake? This, this is so easy, you know? Couldn't you see this through this? And then the mistakes some other people will not make, like they would think it's logical. I'm like, really? You know, and so I, I completely... <laughs> resonate the oddball being the oddball sadly we understand each other <laughs> and I've, I've suffered because of it so i understand completely but now i know that when you know it takes a lot of uh, a lot of courage to take responsibility for your actions especially in the face of financial downfall or adversity or or lawsuits especially i'm being a lawyer you know i've hardly been near the end but i have been at times so i know what kind of strength of character and mindset you need in order to be able to stand by your decisions and move forward or pick yourself up and brush yourself up and carry on and how do you do that so if you when you did attract these awful you know and unfortunate partners how did you get up and move on and think okay you know what Lance um let's cut the losses short let's move on let's carry on how did you move forward because a lot of people this is the beauty that you have and this is the, that this is what attributes to your success because a lot of people would think well I made a mistake what's the point oh yeah I'll make it again I'll attract some other idiot how do you move on from that I love what you said and that's how I felt well obviously you have a couple of choices you could stay where you are, which yeah. was never going to be an option for me. Mm. Or you simply just learn from your successes and never do that again. And, you know, my mother said it best. My mother said to me, 
you, you already learned that you can build a successful business. Yeah. You did the hard stuff right. right. You picked the wrong partners. Yeah. Like a bad marriage, which I also did. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, I'm happy now at least. I've learned. And, you know, so, you know, I, I realized I just needed to plow ahead. Time's a wasting, as the old expression goes. And I just need to go forward and just... The goal in life is never to repeat the same mistakes twice. And uh, I knew I could build successful businesses again. And look, where I am today, I evolved over time. I evolved and, and realized through so much restaurant consulting and sharing my knowledge and sharing my experiences, uh, I get to be, well, I get to live a happy life where I you know, can write my own check, so to speak, through all these consulting gigs that I get and aligning people with a brand that I know is appropriate for them. Yeah. And I get paid huge commissions by my brand. So I can do incredibly well just for referring people to a business I know they're going to be successful in. And I want to make sure that people don't make the mistakes that I made in selecting, in my case, it was partners. So every time I hear somebody say they have a partner, I said, have you consulted an attorney? <laughs> Let me give you some, and, and I did, I might've picked the wrong attorney as well, but I've learned over the years how to do that better. And, and, and I advise people, even though I'm not an attorney, I do advise people on how to do certain setups and then go to an attorney and get things solidified the right way. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, franchising is an incredible way to build, build wealth. And I love showing people and finding people their perfect franchise. And that is the majority of my business today. Wonderful. And I love what you said, which was that, you, you know, standing still and standing where you were wasn't an option. And I always say this for me, regardless of what, of what what's our faced in adversity wise, personal, professional, financial life, failure is just not an option. I just don't yeah. take it as an option. It's never, it's never going to be an option for me. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to be, I'm going to arrive or <laughs> I'm going to die trying, but this, this, this being in the same place, it's not an option. I love that about you. And this is, I think this is one of the major, major uh, attributes of a successful person in, in any field, in any endeavor, somebody who's not willing to take, then take a step back and think, okay, allow things to happen to me and go into victim mode. You go and get empowered and take responsibility for your actions. That's it. And then think, well, how can I learn? What can I learn from here? And how can I move forward? And I love that about you. because that's, that's, that's what's coming through that every step of your life, that's what you've been doing. And you know what, Gull? Failure is not a person. A person is not a failure. No. Failure is an event. Yes, I love and, that. And some people don't know. People don't know. They don't get that. And, you know, when, when you fail at something, it is an event you need to move on. When people get depressed, I mean, it's, there's nothing productive about that. No, no and, there isn't. And just learn from those mistakes and move forward. It's a stepping stone. So you've been speaking to hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs. What, what kind of common traits do you find in successful entrepreneurs? And then let's focus on, you know, on that first. And then what, what, what you must meet many entrepreneurs where you can just say, I don't see them working. I don't see them going further. Cause it, obviously I, I've seen it cause I worked with hundreds and hundreds of entrepreneurs. I can tell who's going to move forward. And I can tell pretty much almost how who's not going to, is going to fall behind and make excuses up. So what are the characteristics of a successful entrepreneur? Such a great question and so important. And you're 100% correct. In the very first phone call I have with people, 
I am assessing their mindset more than their skills. Yeah. Because I have a franchise for everyone, whether it is someone that's very good at sales or someone that hates sales. It just depends on what their skill set is and what their history is and what their comfort zone is. But it all starts with, do they have a positive attitude? I'll give you an example. Perfect example. There was a gentleman that reached out to me through a friend recently. Mm -hmm. And he said he was only looking at resales, only looking at resales, meaning existing businesses. That's his comfort zone, if you will, obviously. He wasn't interested in hearing anything else from me except resales. He was not open-minded. So I sent him a resale business in his particular state that he was interested. Do you know, I got an email back from the brand manager today. And she said to me in the email, Lance, he has an incredibly dominant personality. And I couldn't even get an opportunity to give him all the necessary information that he needs. And quite honestly, if he's going to be like this in the next phone call, we don't want him to be involved with this brand. And so, Gull, to answer your question, not only somebody that's open-minded, somebody that is not selfish and a bulldog, so to speak, someone that is going to listen, hopefully more than they speak, but, you know, look, it's a give and take. When you get involved in business as a franchisee, the brand, it's truly like a relationship. I mean, we're both divorced and we, we learned in relationships. In business, it's no different. You want somebody, there, there's a first date. And with a brand, this gentleman that I suggested for this resale, it was a bad first date. Can they recover on the second date? That's going to be up to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be sending him an email this afternoon that is going to say, look, I can never get you on the phone. And communication is everything. Yes. And I want to make sure you fully understand that you're not going to get another shot at this amazing business opportunity. It's an incredible business that's been in existence for 10 years. You have an opportunity to buy it. They will not let you buy it. They don't want a nightmare on their hands. They don't want somebody that's not a fit for the culture. Culture is a word that's been thrown around for years. Yeah. Do you or do you not fit? with this company's mission statement, vision, values. Do other franchisees want to have a cocktail with you, have a beer, Mm -hmm. be friends with you? If not, it's a lonely world being a franchisee when you're kind of the lame duck or the the ugly duckling, so to speak. So, but yeah, having good communication skills, being open-minded, being positive. You know, I talk to people that they might be scared or nervous, but they're the perfect people for me to work with. They're open-minded. They are willing to open their minds. Like I ask, some people come to me, go and say, I really, really want a restaurant franchise or I want this or I want that. Other people come to me, I think I want this, but I always ask the same question. I say, are you open-minded based on your skills and questions you're gonna answer for me? Can I show you brands that I think are a very good fit for you that you might not have ever considered. And a lot of people that I truly like a lot say, well, of course, Lance, you're the expert. By all means, show me any brand that you think would fit me. Those are the people that I know are going to be really successful down the road because they're open-minded enough. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's that. <laughs> well, what 
And I completely agree with that. I think that being open-minded is very important. So what I'm hearing from you is there are those who are who have the growth mindset and then there are those who have the fixed mindset and the people who come and regardless of what skills they bring they may bring a lot of skills to the table but if they have a fixed mindset they're unable to expand them, their horizons and open up their energies and open them themselves up to these opportunities whereas somebody comes in and they may not have the required skill set yet but because of their growth mindset they're able to learn and acquire the skills or hire the people actually to do those particular tasks for them i mean this day and age you don't have to all the if you don't want to do something don't do it go and hire somebody to do that for you but because the growth mindset they're able to be successful and they're able to learn and grow from you because we are learning growing all the time and if they're coming to you and you're the expert then they have to listen and sort of you know and allow you to mentor them to become That's successful it. in the business that is huge and you know my wife is a teacher and now a school principal mm. and so is my mom and being a lifelong learner is crucial. Are you willing to learn? So yeah. that's why I mentioned comfort zone earlier. When people, have a, when people have a large comfort zone, you really need a big why as to how to get out of that comfort zone. And look, when the economy turns and the world changes slightly or your industry is washed up and you're an executive, I had an executive that came to me not too long ago and he was at the same company for 25 years. Wow. And he was still employed, still making a great income. And, he, and I said, why are you looking to be your own boss now? And he said, my industry is not going to last long. My, what I do is going to be gone in five to seven years. And I want to leave before I'm told to leave. Mm. So he had a big why. He has a family to support. And he saw the writing on the wall, was smart enough to realize that his future is bleak. The trend is not good. And I set him up with a franchise that he loves. This was over a year ago. In fact, I just did a follow-up with him. And he's happy as can be. He's his own boss. He controls his own destiny. But he had a big why. You need an emotional reason that emotion helps you with your goals. If you're not emotional and you're fat and happy sitting on a couch after work and you're not willing to put in the work, it's not going to work. It's not going to work no. for you. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, do you have any tips for us, for our listeners or somebody who's actually budding entrepreneur or somebody who may want to go into franchising or somebody like me? I mean, I'm completely, the idea of franchising is like, oh, too much headache. It requires too much capital. I can't be bothered. Do you have any tips for people who, you know, you think could be or could, you know, could benefit from your, from your wise, you know, wisdom and expertise on the, on the matter? Well, first of all, there truly is a franchise or two for everybody. Right. Absolutely. And franchising, so many people think of franchising. So, Gull, when you think of franchising, what is the first thing that might have come to your mind when I, when I said the word franchising. Expensive, that I need to have at least a big pot of maybe 100K, 100,000 pounds, um, up to at least half a million, and then I can you know, maybe set up a decent franchise. Exactly, and the, the answer truly is, it's not, that's not the case. Most people think of McDonald's and a lot yes. of restaurants. KFCs and other things like that, yeah. They're quite visual, mm -hmm. uh, you know, visible, I should say, as well. Mm -hmm. However... Uh, and you do need to be a millionaire to be a McDonald's franchisee. Mm -hmm. But 
That's not the case anymore. When technology really came about 10 years ago, it really changed franchising for the better. Technology has really made franchising accessible to anybody. Right. There's a franchise that I have that is a business-to-business franchise. It's doing incredibly well today mm-hmm. uh, that only costs 60000 U.S. dollars. Right. That's it. And there are people that actually net, net, net income, bottom line, mm-hmm. make a million dollars a year U.S. working from their house on a $60,000 investment. Wow. Yeah. And so anybody can afford that. In the U.S., with, with the SBA loans through the government, you could put down as little as 25% and get into a franchise. But my tip is this. With 5,000 or 6,000 franchises, whatever the number is today, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to do a creative Google search on your own. You yeah. will never, never find all of the appropriate or most of the appropriate franchises for you. Yeah. There's just not enough methodologies for you to do that, or there's not a complete list. So when you go to a franchise broker like myself, I have a free assessment on my website mm-hmm. that actually will take you 10 or 15 minutes, 15 minutes, took me 15 minutes when I first did one years ago. And it will determine for you and for me, based on your comfort zone, your risk tolerance, your skill set, your mindset, it will let me know what some of the best industries and or brands are for you based on the way you answer that. In addition to my other questions I will be asking, whether it be your investment level, whether it be, so Gull, do you plan on running this? Or are you looking at, to be a semi-absentee owner? Are you gonna hire a manager that's gonna run this business? You know, there, there's every option under the sun. You could be a complete absentee owner in a hair salon if you'd like. I mean, I could tell you stories for days about success stories in franchising from people that had no success or no previous success or experience in the industry they got into. Mm-hmm. I know somebody that nets a million and a half US dollars a year from hair salons that are franchised and he doesn't even have hair. He doesn't have hair, not even a customer. He's never learned how to cut hair, but he's a business person. He was taught the system. He was taught the system. Franchising is about modeling success and it cuts your risk substantial the learning curve especially the learning curve yeah that's that's it so those are my little tips the tip is do the assessment reach out to me we'll get on a zoom call like this and we'll have a conversation perfect so do you want to share your website with us so we can find you on social media or your website it's it's ion franchising ion franchising.com and i'm on social media like that as well Fabulous, fabulous. And for those listening, the, uh, all the websites and all the links for Ion, for, Ion, for, for Lance rather, will be on the show notes as well. So, and if, when you're watching this on YouTube, then it will be in the description below. So you'll get all, to have all the links as well. I just wanted Lance to say himself. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Lance, for being an all, an, an absolutely gorgeous gorgeous guest and you've learned so i've learned so much from you because i absolutely am a newbie when it comes to franchise and you've opened up my eyes like i i've never even thought or contemplated the idea of franchising because i thought one it requires too much capital and two i just don't want to deal with a headache and today you've made me realize one it doesn't require that much capital 60 to 100k is easily accessible for me that's like fifty thousand pounds you know really it's absolutely accessible as a business investment 
And then secondly, I can have hands off. I can come and speak to you and you can guide me where I can just hire a manager and just reap the benefits and not have to deal That's with it. them day to day. So which is something that definitely because I, I as a money person, I, I, I'm always advocating having multiple streams of income. So definitely something to recommend that um, everybody. And I'm free. Should... You don't pay me anything. Oh, how awesome is that? So I definitely recommend people reaching out to us. I will be reaching out to you Lance in the future, coming future. And, and hopefully I'll also be asking Lance to come back as a guest in the coming months to share more Anytime. wisdom and more help and to give our audience a bit more insight into franchising. Thank you so much, Lance. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And for those listening, thank you so much for joining me on another episode where we speak to an inspirational person who talks and guides us on their story. I will be back another time with another guest. And until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. That's G-U-L-L-K-H-A-N.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day millionaire mindset makeover challenge, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.millionairemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in our next five-day challenge. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan. Take care and bye for now.